It's the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast, the podcast that takes you from Seattle to Tokyo and all points throughout history. From the Seattle area, I'm longtime broadcaster and wrestling fan Jim Valley, taking you across the Pacific Ocean, across the Pacific Rim to Tokyo, Japan, and Japan's leading historian, journalist, author, Fumi Saito. Hello from Tokyo. <laughs> um, you're going to have to yeah, forgive me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, I know in the yes. past, uh, your cats, Kiki in particular, has been a part of the show. <laughs> it's right behind me too. Yes, well, I let, for some dumb reason, I let my cat Sherman into my and, office while we're recording this, and now he's he's ultra it's curious. It's fine with me. Yeah. It's fine. That's fine. I don't know if you're gonna sit. hear. I don't know if you're gonna hear any meowing, but you'll probably hear him knock stuff over. He was just going for my <laughs> my Luke Skywalker snow speeder toy ooh, from the Empire ooh, Strikes okay. Back. Yeah. So. All right. That's fine with me. He's well. It's not fine if he breaks my snow speeder. But <sighs> so, uh, how have you been? Oh, good, good. This is our episode forty now. That sounds right. Yeah. Good, good. So, Let's go up there, yeah. So Get up there. there was something the other day that really yeah. surprised me, and I don't know how many of our American fans are aware, aware. of this, but yeah. um, Masahori, who is probably the greatest wrestling fan in the wrestling world. Wrestling fan in Japan, yeah. Probably yeah. the world. Friend of mine, yeah. I think he's everybody's friend. A great man. Yeah. You cannot say anything bad about Masahori. He loves wrestling. Matter of fact, he just showed pictures on his Facebook page. And you, if you didn't get picture taken with him, you haven't been to Japan. No, no, you haven't. That's sort of like getting your Ribera Steakhouse jacket, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do guys actually oh, ask yeah. to get it, pictures taken with him? You, me, or no? Just I've wrestlers. I've taken a picture with him. No, but of course yeah, you do. Yeah, most wrestlers, every single wrestler who's ever been to Japan. Yeah. It really is a rite of passage. That's his life work, you know. I mean, how long has he been yeah. watching wrestling? Do you think? Do you know? What's that? How long has he been watching wrestling? Ever since he was a little kid. So quite a while. Yeah, started, a while. Well, yeah, so f close to 40 years, I believe, because uh, his father was a wrestling fan, and uh, he went to his first wrestling card like when he was five. Amazing. You know? So if you are friends with Masahori, you can find him on Twitter. You can also find him on Facebook. Yeah, uh, he, just... I mean, he reads everything and uh, knows everybody, you know? And he's just always happy, whether he's taking pictures with Terry Funk or Abdullah yeah, the yeah, Butcher I, uh... or whomever. Um, and yeah, as a matter from of fact... Abdullah the Butcher, destroy it to all the way to your Roman Reigns, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, he just shared pictures, you know, with this past weekend as we're recording this. Yes. He, uh, we yeah. had the 70th NWA anniversary show. Mm -hmm. He had pictures mm -hmm. from the 50th, from 98. 50th anniversary. Oh, my yep. God. Yeah, with Tully Blanchard. He had... He had he had Freddie Blassie and Killer Kowalski and just all of the legends. It was awesome. The real legends. Uh -huh, so cool. Uh -huh. So cool. So <laughs> if if you don't know who Masahori is, I hope in our little brief conversation here, you have gotten the point that he's very passionate about wrestling, very knowledgeable about wrestling, and he mm -hmm. loves wrestling, unapologetically loves wrestling. So it was a surprise yeah. to me. When I opened up my Facebook a couple of days ago, and I yeah. saw him, um, yeah, complaining, he had a picture of real angry, very real angry. angry. It seemed to be very out of character yeah. for him, and I knew it had yeah. to be serious if if he was expressing this sort of disgust. But he had the latest cover of. Uh, Weekly Pro Wrestling, which is a magazine that you worked for. And I spent, yeah, yeah, I spent thir over thirty years of my life. You were essentially, and the way I try to explain it to people when people ask me yeah. about you, I say yeah. you're sort of a cross. And let me finish. You're sort of a yeah. cross between Dave Meltzer and Bill Apter in the sense that you were kind of the face of this magazine, but. You didn't. It wasn't kayfabe. You were you were telling the real truth. So you're sort of. That's kind of the way I describe you. If that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Is that fair? Uh, fair. That's and also Japanese magazines are more um, experimental and also not as quite explosive or uh, that, that's not the word. No, no. Um, not as in depth or 
Uh, They're not as expose-like? As Wrestling Observer, but sure. much in-depth than the Bill After style. Right, exactly. So that's why I kind yeah. of explained that. That's how I explained yeah. to people who haven't heard of you. Plus, yeah, where yeah. have they been? But hopefully and also with wrestling, show. Japanese wrestling fans in general are much more reading-oriented. Sure. Yeah. So... I guess my point is, why don't you hear real quick before we get to this story? Give us a little background yeah. on Weekly Pro Wrestling. Weekly Pro Wrestling. Oh, this is the first wrestling magazine that started back in 1955 or so. It was, of course, monthly magazine. And that was the, the parent company is Baseball Magazine Share. That has 40 different sport magazines, you know, from wrestling to boxing to your know, baseball, of course, baseball magazine, and all the sports. 40 different magazines you know, come out of one company. And uh, wrestling magazine was one of the you know, very foundation. Actually, three magazines, baseball magazine, soccer magazine, and wrestling magazine. Those three magazines are foundation of baseball magazine, Sha, and that the same publication became weekly back in 1983 as a first of you know this style of this magazine but it became became weekly publication for monthly so the four magazine every week come out so much kind of similar to your wrestling observer but wrestling magazine like 150 page magazine come out every week and you had like the signature column boys will be boys in the magazine yeah yeah yeah, yeah, for like over three decades. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, yeah. and as we've talked about, you don't want to talk about this, but let me let me set the stage for a few people. Uh, sure, you know, we've sure. talked about in the past. You had T-shirts made with your face on it. Um, you yeah, worked with yeah. a new giant Baba uh, when you and I went out to uh, dinner with my wife at Killer Khan's restaurant. They were wrestling fans who came in who wanted pictures with you. So you're fairly well known in Japan, is what I'm trying to let people know. Uh, and so was among the, wrestling fans, yes, yes, not yes. general public. Exactly. Well, it depends. Yeah. Anyway, so the reason we're talking about this magazine is because the latest issue of Weekly Pro Wrestling seems to have created a controversy, particularly among traditional wrestling fans like Masahori. Yeah, he never gets mad. No, Uh, and he's... he's... Yeah, and also he's not the one who's going to start this big argument on, on this, you know, thread or your Facebook page. You know, he put the cover of the magazine. It hasn't even out yet. You know, he's get he gets the magazines like a day before that goes on sale. But uh, this is the cover of Weekly Pro Wrestling magazine. I'm going to buy it tomorrow and rip it. It's like, oh, whoa. You know? That's what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Rip it off. You know, it's like a, I mean, he's going to tear it apart. You know, they get so angry. That's something he, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this. So on the cover, yes. on the front the cover, cover yeah. is the DDT promotion who had a huge show the other night. On Sunday. On yeah, Sunday, on like 66,000 or something, 6,600 no, 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 people. Six, no, no. Right, 6,000, a little over 6,000 yeah. at the Sumo Palace. Yes. Not quite 10,000, but uh, that many people supported, you know. So the main the event was Daisuke Sasaki yeah. defeating yeah. Don Shoko Dino. Yeah. For the title. For the title. Yeah. Now, the issue... Now, now explain for... Just for people who don't know, who is Dan Shokodino? Well, Dan Shokodino is gay character wrestler. And actually, he really is... um, uh, He's gay. I mean, for real. You know? And he's out there to do the public speech. And I, I I have a lot of respect for him. You know, there's nothing wrong with gay character. We're talking, so that this is going to be very sensitive because we're not attacking gay character here. Right. We are attacking or criticizing the standard of weekly pro wrestling and what it had become. And uh, yes. So the controversy. Please explain. Yeah, yes. Yeah. At the end of the match, yeah. after Sasaki won, then Shoko yeah. Dino stripped fully naked in front of everyone. In the middle of the ring. In the middle yeah. of the ring. Yeah. So on the front cover, you've got Sasaki in his in the corner, 
and in the a lingerie like costume. Yes, in a lingerie like costume, and the main picture that you see that is the focus of the cover. In the middle of the cover. Yeah. In the middle of the cover is the uh, the bear behind of Danchoco Dino with some lettering yeah. in front of it. Correct. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. What would yeah? What can you think or would you feel? If the, if you see that cover of the magazine at the train stations and subway station all over the country tomorrow, you know, well it's out already, but right, um, yeah, people pick up our wrestling. I wouldn't say our anymore, but the, pick up the weekly pro wrestling magazine at the train stations and subway stations. It's more of your weekly routine. You know, every Wednesday morning you pick that up. You know, but whoa, this is like, it's like shocking too but it was like a really disgusting format that i mean see, it has it involves a lot of issues here that the, well and i think the this, issue yeah. the issue we want to stress is the yeah. the uh the, the decision to to put it on the cover and it could yes. have been it could have been sasake's bare butt it could have been chono's bare butt it could have been anybody's bare butt that's not the the issue is just that it is a bare butt and the the journalistic decision to to put that on the cover correct cover yeah yes. yeah because the cover of weekly magazine or let alone weekly pro wrestling weekly pro wrestling is that we had this you know um like a policy when we worked there this is going to be something that was most impo- important the previous week you know Either that was a G1 climax, you know, tournament final, or, or Stan, Brody, Taiga Jitsin, or Misawa, Tanahashi, anybody that happened that the previous week we covered, you know? So, or somebody's exclusive interview. And uh, same Sunday night, October 28th, there was All Japan show at the Yokohama, you know, Bunkas, you know, gym, the Triple Crown title match, Zeus against. Kento Miyahara triple crown title match, trip you know tremendous title match that the Miyahara won the title back from Zeus. They did not care, right? And the same night in Osaka, there was a show, Fujinami and Kanek nostalgia show, that that was not on cover. Also, there was a Takamichinoku's Korakuen show. See, Takamichinoku's Kaientai does not run Korakuen all that much, just maybe once or twice a year. And that was their big show that they, they, they didn't care. And he, they, Weekly Pro Wrestling choose DDT fine, but the, the, that very moment of some male wrestler, you know, stripped, you know, butt naked in, in, in the middle of the ring. And that just, uh, this is so hard to explain that I was, I was in shock too. They put that on uncover, and uh, yeah, it was just uh, talk a no little, dignity. Talk yeah. a little bit about uh, Japanese sensibilities. Uh, yeah, but the wrestling magazine, see, it's the same in America and here in Japan that, you know, wrestling fans in general are very sensitive people. And also wrestling fans are in you know, a group of people that, that uh, you see, it's fine you you know both are wrestling fans and your friends are wrestling fans and we can talk about wrestling fine but outside of that circle you know inner circle sort of to, towards the general public or, or real world out there that you are always picked on right because being wrestling fan it's all fake and bad you know, are you reading wrestling fan you must be stupid you know so you have that kind of stigma even in japan okay and uh Wrestling magazine in Japan, you know, it, it's been so important to save that and, and, and help and uh, make wrestling fan feel better about yourself. It's okay to be a wrestling fan. Wrestling is not bad. And we, there's this uh, 50, 60 year long argument, you know what I'm saying? And uh, that, that very front cover of that magazine this week, that dropped the philosophy. To me, it is. Are you with me? Do you think they did it for shock? Did they do it because I have no idea. Our... To be honest with you, you know, all the weekly pro wrestling's heyday, if we, the heyday was 90s into 2000, none of these people, or including myself, 
are there anymore. They're all new guys. You know, head honcho, editor to writer to editors, photographer, they're all new guys. But well, this already have 10, 15 years experience, of course. But uh, the people I worked with in 80s and 90s into 2000, I was there and up, uh, till, up until 2014. You know, I quit four years ago, but uh, I was the last one too, you know. But uh, all these guys who worked in, during 80s and 90s in 2000, they're all gone now, okay? And uh, I know who they are, but uh, yeah, we don't necessarily sit down and talk. So I'm not sure w what was their point, okay? Now, let me ask you this. Is it yeah. a possibility that times have changed and you and Masahori are just out of touch? Or have you seen a widespread reaction to this cover? Widespread reaction to not just Masahori and I, you know? Because um, there's so many people talking about it. So, but they, the people normally don't talk about the front cover of the magazine. Well, still, real people or a real world out there don't care one way or the other. This is wrestling magazine, okay? That's sad truth, too. But the ones who still care about wrestling and wrestling magazine, they're all talking about it. And what's been Does the reaction? Are there, is it is it just that the the fact that they no made this choice? No positive reaction whatsoever. <clears throat> Not because it's DDT. Uh, to be honest with you, I had a little bit of you know maybe I'm prejudiced, but I don't watch DDT. Okay, I would um, I'll be very careful because the choosing of words here are very um, um, important and very sensitive and critical in a way. Because I'm not going to use the term words fake or phony because the, the real world out there, they all look the same. You know, DDT or New Japan Pro Wrestling look the same to them. But for us who care about wrestling, New Japan, Old Japan, or UWF, you know, the legacy uh, and what's been presented in DDT ring are different. You know, then, but the, I'm not going to use the word fake or phony because uh, that will confuse the issue. So I will choose the term imitation. Are you with me? Yes. Imitation of pro wrestling company. Real wrestling companies are New Japan, the Old Japan, the, you know, Old Japan women's wrestling. The, you know what I'm saying? These are real wrestling companies that have legacy and and history and the real superstars. And whereas imitation and parody of certain things cannot exist without the original. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So there are real wrestling company and imitation wrestling companies out there that we can really look at and focus. Imitation meaning that, uh, see, do you know of uh, yeah, yeah, you have backyard wrestling, yeah. Yeah, I, we probably still do. Oh yeah, yeah, and we have backyard wrestling, uh, wrestling, and also college pro wrestling. You know, every big co college have re group of wrestling fans that present pretending pro wrestling shows. You know, college pro wrestling we call it, Gakse pro wrestling. Most of those, you see, most of the DDT wrestlers come out of that uh, group. So they're sort of super fans who took this to a different level. Yes, and run it professionally, and that's their job. In a way, um, they may. See, if you don't know the you know the history of and the real content of it, the DDT could almost come off like a ROH, but they're not. You know what I'm saying? Well, but, and I think uh, we should also mention that. Um, uh, the guy on the cover doesn't have like the fittest body in the world. Yeah, that too. But he knows he's not a real wrestler. Right. Weekly pro wrestling editors are the one who doesn't. Right. See, I've spoken with Dan Dino. Okay, I, see, I have nothing against him. Right. I think we're, knows... I think we've gotten that across that we respect him and respect his message and respect what he's doing it's just and he knows he knows the his place in wrestling you know and the 
the one who doesn't understand that uh, mainstream wrestling to a uh, microscope wrestling to a uh, backyard wrestling are the editors of weekly pro wrestling now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you think that Weekly Pro Wrestling will respond? Will we see a column defending no, it? No, no, I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. And I don't think they're strong enough or journalists enough to really um, come up with, with their own theories. They did it They because it was funny or something and without really giving much thought. That's how I think. And that's how they are today. And uh, the, I'm, I'm going to go back to this imitation issue. That, that uh, There is another issue that night before um, Masahori and I had discussion over, you know, there was a, you know, eight feet tall um, giant pa- pa- panda bear thing. You know, oh, the yeah, stuff um, the, the yeah. giant panda. What is his name? <coughs> Not Andre the giant panda? That, Andre like that. the giant panda. Yeah. See, did I, what did I just tell you? parody or imitation of certain thing cannot exist without the idea of original. Why do they put Andre, the giant panda bear? Why, why didn't they just call it giant panda or giant panda bear instead of calling him Andre, the giant panda? So he's stealing something, right? I guess it's just a joke. I don't know. Yeah, but the, why put the the real wrestlers I mean, has this is, under the giant historical figure, you know, the, his movie being made, you know? Why would they put Andre the Giant before your panda bear thing? It's just a stealing the the thunder or, you know, you get, you know, you get much attention from all the wrestling fans. Andre the Giant Panda. They think it's funny. It's not. The same way, you know, the all the character DDT put in. Okay, I'll tell you what. One more thing. See, like, do I sound like I'm attacking DDT? I'm attack. I'm not attacking DDT company and who run it. You know, people who run it. But it's a concept. It's an imitation. Okay, DDT. When did you hear this DDT company? Probably ten years ago. There's something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you hear DDT, you will automatically think it's a wrestling move. Yeah? Right, Jake Roberts made it famous. Or yeah, or, or, yeah, or Raven. Yeah, everybody, yeah, DDT. But that's not DDT. But but the, you would know the term DDT, capital letter DDT. But their wrestling company's name is DDT. They, that stands for Dramatic dream team or something like that dramatic dream team but the, that's a parody and imitation in itself the name ddt people don't recognize unless you know the wrestling move ddt the very name of the company is very much imitation the whole concept you know what i'm saying but now today's wrestling fan don't know the difference you know you was a, they ran a big show in Sumo Palace and 6,000 6, fans you know showed up same night in Yokohama All Japan ran the big card with Triple Crown it was the top title and the top card in Kento Miyahara against Zeus they probably drew less than 5,000 you know so DDT won but uh, a very, very it's interesting time now huh well and they also could have picked uh, a picture where where everyone had their clothes on you know there doesn't yeah I mean, or they, they did the group picture in the ring at the end of the night why didn't they have it you know right and i have problem with giant under the giant pan, panda bear thing too it's that's not wrestling you know that's that's for the attraction for your amusement park or state fair ground or you know they thought it was you know worse yet it's not even ddt's original the giant panda bear thing was from that uh, independent company from hokkaido up north nemro they are the one who created giant panda bear in a gimmick in the ring very small independent company up north in hokkaido but uh, they got some magazine coverage and some youtube coverage 
and DDT found it and just kind of discovered it. Let's bring them to you know Tokyo. It's funny, right? And, and did I see that? On, did I see that Andre yeah. has a girlfriend too now? Uh, some like that. And yeah. Also, uh, went against another Jan Panda Bear. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you call it wrestling? No, I think it is a parody. But I mean, even in the United States, there's Kaiju Big Battle. There's. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, gosh, oh, it's escaping me now. Uh, uh, the uh, the the trios, the king of the trios. Um, oh God, it's killing. Chikara. Chikara, thank you, Chikara. Ants, uh, ants. Yes, but I mean that's more. Yeah. That's probably closer to wrestling, and you know they actually do. And movies. they are like a lucha, lucha libre, yeah, American style lucha. And also they were in the all the Chikara guys uh, started this their company inspired by Michinoku Pro Wrestling, great great Sasuke, lighter weight guys doing a six man tag team. Lucha Libre style with your own interpretation. That's genuine. Genuine. You know? And fine. It was this character. But they are still wrestlers. You know? But the yeah. giant eight foot tall giant panda bear stuffed animal are not wrestlers. You know? Well, maybe I'm too traditional. But uh, they were putting in the ring in Sumo Palace of all places. And uh, they had match. And people thought it was funny. And it's not funny to me. You know? It's just a sad day. So, uh, kind of a surprise, or at least it was yeah. to me, I guess. Uh, Ricky Choshu has announced his oh, retirement coming up. Finally, finally, yeah. But he's like 66. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, he's finally retiring next year, 2019. Yes. He looks great for 66. You got to give him that. Yeah, because he works out every day still. And the funny thing is, though, he comes to New Japan Dojo and works out. He's not associated with New Japan Dojo anymore, but uh, yeah, he well, he started with New Japan Pro Wrestling back in, what, 1973, you know, some 45 years ago. But he still shows up. He comes and walk into the gym and, and just start walking out with, with guys that are what, 40 years younger than he is. And people go, I mean, rest of the younger guys go, whoa, whoa, Ricky Chosu's here, Ricky Chosu's here. He walks in and smiles and wo starts working out every day. And he goes to the dojo and have have lunch over there with younger wrestlers and have a great time, you know? So it's like he's like a, the, made the full circle twice and, you know, and some and came back to New Japan Dojo now. <laughs> well, as we get... This is kind of good to have, you know, cause kind of like a Dusty Rose showing up at your Florida gym or something and, you know, and having a great time. And well, will, now he's, yeah. Is there a plan for him to uh, retire? Do we have a schedule or a final match or anything uh, yet? A they tour? Are, yeah, no, no, no final cards yet, but uh, they're in process of announcing that uh, uh, what they're going to do and where they're going to have match. And uh, the, what, see, he runs a small um kind of an independent group called Power Hall. Power Hall is the name of his entrance music, you know? But uh, his the company he runs now is called Power Hall. That Power Hall company will be announcing his retirement show and what they're going to do shortly. Yes. So what do you think? If, if you were him, do you try to do a match with, say, somebody like a Fujinami? Fujinami? Or, or I would... I I think they might do the gauntlet match. Gauntlet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, got five, six, seven opponents coming, you know, keep coming in like in every two or three minutes. Yeah. I mean, all the memorable guys or or people like Fujiwara or all the way down to the or or FM. I mean UWF type guys all the way down to very younger guys like a twenty, fifty, forty years younger than you are, and uh, that's and I I believe he wants to get pinned. At the end. Well, we'll do something on Ricky Choshu as closer we get yes. to his retirement mm -hmm. next year. So be sure to listen yeah. then. But definitely, you know, and one I, of the I want greatest to make sure that time. go back to this DDT thing. Oh, yeah. We are not here to we are not here to attack Dan Shokudino him, no. himself or his gay character. And I have a lot of respect for him. And also, right. he gives public speech for sexual minority people and. Uh, He's very educated, and uh, what he does in the ring, very calculated. You know, he does his gay act real well, 
And I don't have anything against this gay character thing. I'm, I'm talking about the, how we could be progressing magazines. Uh, uh, I mean, the way they are and how they run the thing. And uh, anybody's anybody's yeah. bare butt on the cover can make non-wrestling fans think badly about wrestling. I mean, there's no indication... Oh, God, because that would yeah. represent the whole wrestling community. Exactly. There's no indication of of, 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 of Dino's sexuality on the cover at all. It has nothing no, to do no. with that. It could, like I said, it it could have been Tanahashi's bare butt. It could have <laughs> been anybody. Yeah. Not that he would do that, but it could no. have been anybody's bare butt. And I think that's the. It was that uh, editorial decision that is coming under criticism. Yes, that that I have problem with. Yeah. Yes. So hey. we. I I really wanted to make that clear. Yeah, I, I hope we have. Um, why don't we yes. do a few uh, few questions? By the way, questions, yes, sir. Before we get into questions, I think yes. I, we've been talking about it for a while. The announcement was supposed to come this week due to circumstances outside. Okay, of our one control. more thing. One more thing. Yes. Can I can I go back? I, I forgot to make. <laughs> yes. a, forgot to make a very 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 important in a point. Okay. DDT, DDT. I said it was a parody and imitation of real wrestling, right? Real wrestling company. But it's pretty much supported by internet type generation, okay? And they are like a backyard college progressing, um, operated very professionally, and it's been supported by internet type of crowd. But occasionally, very seldom, no, very seldom, very seldom, but occasionally, real talent come out of that company too, you know? Um, and so every now and then, in two wrestlers, two wrestlers that are, are very much of the, the major force in Japanese pro wrestling today, in Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. Ooh, those two. Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, two genuine genius of professional wrestling today. Those two came out of DDT. Right, great point. Great point. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah, I yeah. saw Kenny Omega many they times. Were, yeah, but they were discovered by New Japan years later, and now they are so, you know, in major force of maybe world of professional wrestling. Kenny Omega and Ibushi, you know, are the ones who can probably compete with WWE in in a worldwide base. So sometimes, occasionally, very seldom, very seldom, but. Sometimes genuine talent can come out of that, you know. But uh, they were discovered by New Japan and uh, got the contract signed away by New Japan, and now they're New Japan bound. But Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi both came out of DDT. So ironically, that can that can happen. That that was a point I really needed to come across. No, that's a really great point. I should have said something like that. Phew. You're right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Okay. <laughs> So Go back to the question, question. Yes, we will do questions here, but I do want to mention that we will probably have an announcement uh, yes. coming up next week. We were supposed we to do it yeah. this week, but it didn't work we out. Didn't do it. Things okay. outside of our control, but if all things... Because of equipment? Because of equipment. Okay. So next week, probably, but very soon, either way. So uh, be on the lookout on my Twitter at Jim Valley, on Fumi's Twitter at Fumi Hiko Dayo, on our yeah, Facebook pages. Yeah. Yes. So be sure to uh, watch out, but we will uh, we'll probably let you know next week as well. So either way, okay. there'll be many channels to know about the big announcement coming, but it's pretty cool. So, all right. Yeah, don't tease it so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do some questions. Ask Fumi. Yes, hashtag Ask Fumi on Twitter. This is from uh, Spacehog125. He wants to know, mm. is Naito being booked properly in New Japan? Do you think he should have gotten uh, the IWGP heavyweight title run this year? But he did have IWGP run a couple years ago. Right, he said this he... year. Another one this yeah, year. This... Oh, no. <laughs> he can be your, um, be, you know, your focal point superstar of your NWO or or uh, Degeneration X or something like that. But you don't necessarily need a belt. 
you know, he doesn't have to come out as a single wrestler at the end of the night as an IWGP champion. He's already most popular guy, and he is the focal point over your cool guy, heel, heel with the uh, faction. I don't think he needs belts right now. And also, I place Kenny Omega, Tanahashi, and even Kota Ibushi a little above Naito. And that's my opinion. In a way, because he's sort of eccentric and different, eccentric, he's, yes. he's, he's different. sort of like Roddy Piper in the sense that he's this rebel, this guy who you don't know what he's going to do next. And yeah. sort of like Piper didn't need the belt. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think, yeah. I don't know that Naito needs the belt. And also, when those cool heel faction guy become single, um, like world heavyweight champion type of main event guy come out, you know, coming out at the end of the night, these guys can be very boring main event sometimes. So uh, well, I also, think he's better also off. Also, I think, um, yeah. also. Yeah. All some, hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's fine. Okay. I've been standing right in front of this. Sorry, here we go. So. Also, yeah. yeah. The other issue is is that I think sometimes when you have someone who's a rebel who is on the fringe, when you make him mainstream, he loses some appeal. Oh God, lose thunder fire! Yeah, so yeah, for some reason this guy turned into something really boring. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, be himself, and I think he's peaking right now. Yeah, but. And given the booking in New Japan, I mean, who knows what 19 could hold? Who knows what 20 could hold for Naito? Right, right. It could be a several-year story that we're on. So, you know, you got to keep in mind that Japanese booking is completely different from WWE booking. Pretty much so. That's some way popular. I mean, some way similar, but uh, yeah. 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 So yeah. I think I think we've uh, we've answered uh, we've answered the question there. The answer was is, that okay? No, I think you're great. Yeah, it's not that I, I, I'm I'm a Naito fan, but uh, he's just better off heel. I mean, top this you know his his own group and be a cool guy. You know, yeah, real yeah, cool still, heel. You know, Kenny Omega's story isn't over on top. There's a lot of stories still to tell, and I think they'll have some cool stuff for Naito to do in the meantime. Yeah. If uh, for for the lead, you know for the listeners out there that who hasn't listened to our last episode, I'm going to point out one more time that Kenny Omega is planning on headlining Tokyo Dome show for the next ten years. He is planning on it. Next ten years, headlining Tokyo Dome card every year for for next ten years. He is planning on it, and I kind of almost I think I believe him. This his time hasn't come. Well, it is his his run, but uh, he is going to be even bigger than this. And uh, that guy is turning into a monster. Trust me. So you, we're, yeah, put it as a legend, but I, the word I used was a monster, though. So we're about two months away from yes. nineteen, from twenty nineteen, mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. supposedly everybody's contracts are up in the Bullet Club, talking about in January, yes, yes, Cody talking about the Young Bucks, talking about maybe Hangman, Hangman Page, obviously uh, Omega, as we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. You think Omega is staying? The rest of the group yeah. has said they're going to make a decision together. Uh, yeah. do, do you think that they're staying in New Japan Pro Wrestling? You know what? I don't want to sound cold, but the only wrestler, about just about the only wrestler New Japan wouldn't let go is Kenny Omega. Any other Americans, almost replaceable. Yeah, no, I think you're right. For New, for New Japan, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And also, there are guys like Lance Archer and Davey Boy Smith who hasn't been used well. Because of there are so many, but the only guys they they will not let go. Kenny Kenny Omega, of course not. Uh, that the Switchblade, they're not gonna let him go. And uh, Juice Robinson, it's a homemade American guys that they they wanna take care of. You know, that's one thing Does I wonder. Um, yeah. As we're going down a side road here. Yeah. 
you know, with with these homemade characters now, these homemade stars, Juice Robinson, yeah. particularly Switchblade, Jay White. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, I'm a, if, if I'm a young wrestler who hasn't made yeah. my name yet, I wonder yeah. if that's the path to follow. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And also, they are, you're talking about people like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit who spent years here because, because, before, you know, they were major stars in America. See, they, um, it's really hard to uh, mention Chris Benoit's name in any broadcasting, huh? But we are pretty close. So Chris Benoit or Eddie Guerrero, that the, they had, they had Japan, Japan run. Therefore, they had ECW run, NWCW run, and WWE long run. That that was a different era, but I mean, today, you look at you know Juice Robinson. He was what the Moonchild in in NXT, you know, losing all the yeah. time, opening match guy, and now as Juice Robinson, he's a rising star and had an amazing 2018. You know, you look yeah, at yeah. you look at Carl Anderson. Uh, you know, yeah. you could even look at Fergal Divot at uh, Finn Balor. Uh, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. We've we've talked a lot about Nakamura. I mean, you could go. You know, certainly the money is great. The money the yeah. money is great. So I mean, it depends yeah. on if you want to feed your family and and maybe have a style that's that's less wear and tear on your body, but longer tours. Then sure, and you're WWE. a bigger star though. Yeah, with WWE star, worldwide superstar, well-known guy, and everybody knows you, your face and name, and real superstar. But uh, yeah, if you wanna, you know, if you have to pay due somewhere, you know, that come to Japan and go through dojo process, and uh, you got a discipline and something you cannot trade or buy. That uh, is a lot of sacrifice, though, of course. But uh, if you're young upcoming wrestler who wants to come to Japan, that will make you a special person. Let's go back to uh, the hashtag Ask Fumi questions on Twitter. Ken Davidson. Yeah, somebody asked you about uh, Kitao, huh? Uh, Someone asked about that, but I think I was going to do this one first. Okay, go ahead. I was going to do this one first. Talk about the worked matches in Pride. Takata did a bunch, and uh, Atsuka. Uh, How were they viewed in Japan at the time? Did they damage their credibility? Okay. Worked shoot match in Pride. Said who? This person who who gave us question had no clue. He had read there was a bunch of worked shoot match with, within Pride, but I do not know about it. You know what I'm saying? See, worked match is already a wrestling term. Okay, when you fix match within the MMA uh, genre, MMA dressing room, that's fake. You know what I'm saying? So there's a person who's asking this question, really don't know what he's talking about. And he had heard or he had read there was a bunch of worked match, Takada's match being worked, even in Pride, but it's a rumor and it's already a hearsay. I cannot prove it. So there, you're saying said, you don't yeah, know? No, no, I was in, I was not in, you know, Pride dressing room, you know, it's not a wrestling environment. If you fix, it's like the working and work match, working match is already wrestling philosophy and wrestling terminology. When you fix a match in MMA environment, you are producing a fake match, you know, and uh, you have more than fighters out there in 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 the dressing room over these seconds and the trainers and your brothers and you know it's totally different environment from professional wrestling dressing room and i think it's very hard to fix match or throw match in mma environment see if you look at these things in the same way you look at pro wrestling you have no idea or you never get the big picture fixing match in mma environment takes like a lot more than the two guys working so where did these uh, rumors come from i don't know read read about it or maybe like an observer but uh, there was an imitation observer so many of them out there who writes like observer but the writers don't know what they're talking about 
You know what I'm saying? And Otsuka, in Otsuka's case, he, he's, that Alexander Otsuka he's talking about. Yeah. That, uh, he, I don't think he ever done any fixed MMA match. No, there's no reason. There's no reason. He's got everything to gain by winning, nothing to lose. He's not that big of a superstar wrestler. He was the one come out of battlers and went into MMA ring, and there's no point of fixing. And also another point in MMA, to be able to fix the match, it costs a lot of money. In wrestling, it's work. You have a finish. It doesn't cost you any money. It's the way it is. But when you fix a match for MMA environment, you will have to pay the guy to take a fall. Does that make sense? All right, so we do have a question about... Uh, no, 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 what I'm saying is Otsuka had no uh, that had no reason to put, put down that kind of money to win. All his match, I believe, was legitimate. Otsuka. That was so, my point, sir. So how, let's talk about the career of uh, Koji Kitao. Oh, Koji Kitao. Grand champion sumo wrestler turned into professional wrestler and had a very short career. Memorable, though, and not so favorable, in the favor of, you know, people's favorite. But the way he retired and the way he left sumo wrestling, he was already a heel, big heel. And also, he was the epitome of the type of ex-athlete you know, and superstar-athlete from another sport going to pro wrestling. Like, pro wrestling will be fake and pro wrestling will be easy and he'll be star right away. No, sir. Every single serious wrestling fan rejected him. You know, that was funny from the day one. But the uh, traditional way, again, in the other side, New Japan will make him superstar from day one. He debuted at the Tokyo Dome, what was it, 1990 or 91, that uh, against a guy like Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, perfect guy to have a match, you know, to have somebody's single match. Just like your LT, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, if WrestleMania 11. Yeah, so just like that. Bam Bam Bigelow can be put in the ring with, with your broomstick and have a match. And he did, Bam Bam Bigelow did exactly that. And they choreographed the match. And uh, the, just a, one of the few moves that the Kitao learned, he gave someone drop, big someone drop to Bam Bam Bigelow, and then he was put over. And also, he was not happy that he was not put in, in the top position right away, and he did not understand professional wrestling. Very, you know. So he had a very short career. He went in, he resigned from New Japan and went to SWS because Tenru was ex small wrestler, and he felt that Tenru would understand him a little bit better. But they had a fall, falling out after a John Tenta match and called everybody fake. I mean, of all things, you know. And uh, then he went into a MMA, I mean, karate kind of guy, and had a match against Nobuhiko Takada, UWF International, and he got knocked out. That was a very short career, but memorable. Everybody remembers him. Yeah. So for those who don't know, I mean, it's a fairly popular match on YouTube, Koji Kitao against Earthquake John Tenta. And who, who also was a sumo? What happened? Uh, John Tenta pinned... Kitao in one, two, three in the middle of the ring. But it was a wrestling booking decision. I believe it was both Tenru and WWE. It was a WWF's and SWS combined show from Kobe. All the talent, people like Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, John Tenta, you know, Legion of Doom, a lot, a lot of, you know, WWE superstar at the time flew in and had a combined show with SWS. And the match they produced was Kitao against Earthquake John Tenta. Same size guy, both ex-sumo wrestlers. But in Kitao's mind, he was a grand champion sumo wrestler. And who were you? I mean, like John Tenta, real low, lowercase, you know, the class sumo wrestler who only worked one year in sumo. And uh, it was like almost like a, you know, like a, you're a flunky as a sumo wrestler, you know. But in wrestling ring, John Tenta was uh, who was put over, and Kitao was not happy. You know, it's like wrestler. You know, you, once you go into the ring, you will have a match, and you you're 
you given the finish, you would do that, you know. And uh, the match was over, and he went outside the ring and he grabbed the microphone. It was fake. He's like, oh my gosh, you know. And then you made everybody, you know, including wrestlers themselves, you made a lot of enemy, that kind of thing. Well, even the match, they're sort of just circling each other and not really doing much initially. Yeah, because they don't trust. They didn't trust each other, huh? Right. You know, to do anything in physically. You know, trust is a major factor in professional wrestling. You know, you give your opponent your body to you know do something to your body, and you have to have trust and faith. You know, and you take your opponent, and you take your opponent, and you get taken care. And that's the wrestling. You know, the art form of it. So when uh, do when I sound was, like a wrestler? <laughs> when when he yeah. was even when he got sort of uh, taken out by uh, Takada. How do people the remember him now? Uh, that was the best moment for, I think that was the peak night of Nobuhiko Takada's career, too. You know, because UWF make believe that UWF International was the company who was making professional, legitimate sports. A lot of people believed it at the time, right? And Kitao was a perfect guy to, you know, just get his ass kicked. And, uh, the, what I know this time, you know, on this one, because I, uh, I spoke with, you know, spoke with a few guys that were at the ringside at the time, more than wrestlers from UWFI, and uh, Kitao and Kitao's manager that morning, you know, uh, that uh, they asked, could this be a draw, you know, and then, then or I wouldn't come to the building. Come to the building. It's all built. It's like, see, Kitao does not understand in the consequence. It's like, it's not showing up at the building at that that night will make you and the company look really bad. You know, he is not intelligent enough to think that showing not showing up will save his ass, right? But no, it's going to kill wrestling, kill this company, and kill you as a performer. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. He got in touch with UWFI company in the very morning. He's like, can this be a draw? Or I won't come to the building. So, what a professional, you know? That's a true story. But something went on, and Takada kicked him in the face, high, in you know, in high, and Kitao was legitimately knocked out. But I wouldn't necessarily call it a, you know, um, what do you call it? Backstabbing or uh, what was the question? In the, yeah, the guy? just asked about how people think about him and kind of implied, yeah, that uh, that KO was kind of a a, uh, a a double cross. Yeah, double cross. I wouldn't call it double cross. You know, it became like eighty percent legitimate fight in the middle of the match. Yeah, so it happened because he didn't have any defense technique for the kicks and you know punches and uh, that guy's a sumo wrestler pretending to be a karate fighter you know so he had no following either because people were there to see Kitao being beat and that made Takada at the time you know the real superstar though you know popular popular superstar but that was a night Takada became even more bigger and I mean like a more of an icon of UWF that night so it worked. It works, of course, you know. But uh, later on, you know that uh, you know there's a Hoist Gracie match. I mean, I mean the uh, Hickson Gracie matches that really banished Takada's legacy, you know. So you, what goes around comes around, I guess. Do, is he doing anything now, Kitao? Kitao, um, I believe he's married to a to a doctor. He might be a house husband. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course, he was at uh, he and Tenbro were at WrestleMania beating a demolition of Barry Darso and Brian Adams. While he was with SWS Tenru's company, right? Because they had 90s, the relationship right? with that WWF. Was, yeah, yeah, that was before Takada's though. Yes. Takada's match. Yes, yeah, it was a couple years before Takada's match. Yeah. So they had so Kitao even had a falling out with SWS and Tenru's people. So he was apparently he was very difficult to deal with, huh? So let's do uh, one more here. Uh, yes, I want sir. you to talk about, speaking of uh, UWFI, 
talk about uh, Kazuo Yamazaki and his legacy yeah. among uh, Japanese fans. Uh, mm-hmm, he thinks mm-hmm. that he should have gotten a top run in uh, UWFI. Your thoughts? Yes and no. Because yes, of course he's a top guy, and uh, everybody in the back of their mind knows he might be the best. And uh, I have a question for you: Did Arn Anderson have NWA World Title run? That's a great comparison. Yeah, so that's how I feel. Great worker, great wrestler, legitimate technique, conditioning, and the whole thing. Yes, he is top notch. You know, and at one point, as just as popular as Takada. But this guy is your Arn Anderson, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah, that's a great comparison. So he, yeah, so he wouldn't have title run. He was, you know, he was probably like in the movie, your main character's best friend. In the movie, you know, like a, you know. Right. Yeah, like a Breakfast Club or you know, like a Saint Elmo's Fire movie. Your best, you know, your main character guy's best friend. That's Yamazaki. Like Morley Ringwald movie or something? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't know. No, I, I get you. I get you. Yeah, he's yeah, a sidekick. Yeah. yeah, main guy's main guy's best friend. So people like him, though, but he would not be will make he would not make the main character himself. I don't think. But now he's still on people public eyes. He's a color one of the color commentator for New Japan. Even today, Yamazaki. And also, he runs his. While he was with UWFI for three years, he went to school, and on his own, and he became a legitimate, real chiropractor, and he has his clinic in Tokyo. You know? Are you with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Arn Anderson is what I think, and he, he has a... his own. Yeah. And yeah. sort of like Arn, he's oh. very well remembered and very well respected. Among fans, among peers, among wrestlers, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Not a bad That's legacy how I at feel. all. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. And he's still involved. You know, yeah, New Japan awesome. color commentator. And great advertising for his chiropractic in the clinic. That's right. So, okay, there's yeah. one more thing I want to ask you about. You just you just triggered my mind with that, with the New Japan color commentator. Lanny Poffo yeah. tweeted, he's in Japan, apparently getting a tryout to be a commentator with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Does yeah, Lanny yeah. have any Japanese connection that you're aware of? Did he come to Japan, as far as you know? Uh, not as an active wrestler. I think they met New Japan representing and uh, some some conference or uh, oh, from All In show then, probably. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah, that's where they met some of the people and they were asked because they were not sure that uh, what's what's his name from Can uh, from Canada, friend Don Kenny yeah, he, they weren't sure that Don Callis will ha- have the full-time position, and they thought they needed, you know, they needed uh, another person. And also, New Japan uh, had little problem back in January. Um, that's not been reported. Some uh, probably not. You, you, have you heard that? A little problem with um, New J- New Japan had problem with him. Oh, with Don Callis. Yeah, back in January, the day, not even the day after, the night after, uh, or just the five, six hours after Tokyo Dome show, Chris Jericho and Don Callis and Kenny Omega, all smiling, got picture taken at the Tokyo Dome, then they tweeted it. We talked about that. We have that on an episode, yeah. probably around Tokyo Dome. You were, you were fairly critical of that. And New Japan had trouble with that. I think, yeah, you did talk also, about that. Come to think of it, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah we. And you, also, you said Japanese, that specifically. Yeah, yeah. Japanese wrestling philosophy—that's very much no-no still. You know. Oh, I'm sure that the purposely Chris Jericho challenged it. That's the way he is. But uh, New Japan is not going to tell you know Chris Jericho what the fuck are you doing. But uh, it was Don Callis that Don Callis that the New Japan office clearly had problem with. They even had the meeting the day after. It's like, why are they doing this? You know, and what's the point of showing this photo in, in, to your social media? What's the point? What's the purpose? It's killing, you know, our business. 
and uh, they New Japan did have problem with that. I spoke with them. And you're talking about the wrestling people as well, not just management no, in the no, office. No, no, office, management in the office. Yeah, New Japan. I mean, uh, Japanese wrestling fan in general, general. But they not every every single wrestling fan saw saw the photo. No, but uh, New Japan company employee and front office staff and uh, and uh, more decision making people within the company said, "What are they in the world? You know, what in the world is happening?" It's like, What's the point of showing that kind of photos? But you were surprised too, weren't you? You know, um, once you explained it, you know, when I, when I first saw it, I think I thought it was odd, but then I was kind of like, well, it's 2018. This is kind of what happened. Yeah, right, 2018, right, right. You know, and it, so I didn't have it. I just kind of went, oh, and then I went, yeah, it's 2018. I guess this is what people do and kind of moved on, but... You know, when you explained it then and the way you explain it now, I mean, I get it. That makes sense. Yeah, especially yeah. especially since Jericho is supposed to be this outlier, this this crazy guy. I mean, you look at how he handled the press conference and and has done other stuff. Yeah, yeah it seems a little it seems they a little out right of everything. Back to his own storyline, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's really confusing. But the people in charge or New Japan front office stuff will not go straight to Chris Jericho and ask the straight question. You know what I'm saying? And they will tell other people that they had problems, but probably never got to them. So is this issue big enough to kind of want to separate from an individual, or is this just something, a bump along the road? I mean, the commentary thing? Yes. With English commentary? Well, they were, all in all, they were looking for a couple of English-speaking American commentator for the English-speaking, you know, TV program marketed in you know, America and overseas worldwide. You will need American um, just commentating and play-by-play team, you know, or more than one team, you know. So uh, that's the reality of it, too. They hey, I know a guy. Looking for, yeah. I know yeah, a guy yeah, who had just... a WWE uh, interview and did really well in it. I know a guy who did that. Yeah, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I know a guy too. So yeah, that guy there's going to be a chance that they're looking for two second set of play-by-play and commentator. Well, and they thought, I just happened to know a guy. Offer. Yeah, that's good. Then, then you tell that guy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, interesting, huh? Yeah, but the New Japan, all in all, is expanding its market. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's always going to be a you know, conjunction and help with ROH and, you know, Cody and Rose, the, all these people out there. But uh, New Japan is the one and might be the only one who can actually compete with WWE in worldwide base. 2019 I mean, is going to be a very interesting year. Interesting, so. huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, be sure to... Their uh, Madison Square Garden show will yep. be the night before the wrestlemania right yep that means you are running head to head against nxt takeover yep oh it's even more interesting because nxt audience is the type of the audience who wants to go to new japan show Hello? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Oh, hey, real yeah. quick, um, spoiler yes, alert, spoiler alert for yeah. everybody, spoiler alert, I want to let you know that, spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. Um, the finals for the May Young Classic, Tony Storm and Io Shirai. Yep, yep, yep. It'll be very interesting. They've already had a four single match, um, one in Spain, Spain, you know, one in Spain, one in Osaka, one in the Korakuen and one more match at the Shinkiba. And I believe it's like a one, one, two draw. One win, one lose, two draws. And they had four matches and a very tight score. And no spoiler, because their final match for the Mayan Classic Tournament will be on Evolution, right? Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with uh, Ayo Shirai and, and Tony Storm. Yeah, Tony Storm. And well, I believe Tony, just yeah, going Tony forward Storm too. and Io Shirai, both of them will be on main roster, you know, with WWE, you know, probably a year from now, you know. If they will stay one more year with NXT, but this year, uh, Kyrie Sane will go on and 
go on to your main roster, you know, this year. So uh, yeah, it's yeah, going to be, be very interesting. I think it's going to be a very interesting year for uh, Japanese women wrestlers in NXT and WWE. All right. Well, look. Let's uh, yeah. let's wrap things up. Uh, be sure Sounds to uh, share the show. Let people know about it. Hashtag the questions. Ask Fumi, and be looking yeah. for a uh, big announcement coming in the very near future. Where can people connect with you? Um, Fumi Saito, Fumi Hiko Dayo, F U M I H I K O D A Y O, Fumi Hiko Dayo, Dayo. Or you can find me on Facebook, Fumi Saito. Find me. Here we go. You can find me on Facebook at Jim Valley or on Twitter at Jim Valley, J-I-M-V-A-L-L-E-Y. Why? Because I like you. So be sure to do that. <laughs> and yep. until next time. Sounds good. I'll see you, everybody. So long from Tokyo. <laughs>